Chats from the Blog Cabin. Your favorite podcast is here. Hey guys, welcome back to Chats from the Blog Cabin. You know the show where I virtually invite people into the Blog Cabin and chat about life. And today we're chatting about a new movie that's being released on video on demand and through Walmart. It's called Pulling to Paradise and it features four millennial strangers. And it all starts out with the LA based mommy blogger who's heading to her first big blogging conference, which I so can um, empathize with because I started out as a blogger and she takes a ride share and doesn't realize that she opts in as a pool and she encounters four strangers who basically changes her whole life. So today we're chatting with the writer and producer of Pulling to Paradise, Katha. So Katha, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be in the cabin. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself before we start chatting about Pulling to Paradise. Yeah, um, I mean, like yourself and many other people, um, I had this career in life and then I had children. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I've always been a writer and, and storyteller and I'd worked in the movie business. Then I had um, my two kids and sort of pivoted because it was a lot to do. And then I started writing again. And this is my fourth feature as well as I had done a web series actually that is about empty nesting moms uh that i did right before this project so motherhood um really is very much part of my storytelling so why did you always want to be a writer or was that something that just kind of fell upon you no i did i think um when i was i, I started writing as soon as i could write actually we had a thing called um, the Storyteller Theater. It, I'm sorry, I'm going to put this on. Do not disturb. Okay. Um, in my elementary school, we had Storyteller Theater, and then that was, um, I started writing, and I loved, and I would write, you could tell nonfiction and fiction, and um, I've been kind of writing throughout, and I also believe stories come from life, so I'm very much about living life, because I'm kind of an extrovert, and I've worked in sales, because that's a form of storytelling too. And it is all about what we all do is telling a story that connects to an audience. And that's very much what sales is too. So how did you go into the role of writing and producing feature films? Yeah, well, that's, you know, I think I became an accidental producer where I, um, I'd worked, like I said, worked in the movie business before my kids and, and been an agent. And then I went to film school and then I came out and I really, my, contacts um, sort of had dried up because it'd been a while. So it was part of my reinvention. And I wrote a screenplay, which was my first film about a donor inseminated um, single mother. And, um, and everybody's like, oh, this is a great script, great script. And I couldn't get past because especially it, it always has been a challenge to tell these kinds of stories. And Vanessa Williams, who had gone to school with me, the, the singer, um, she loved the script. And then I was like, wait, maybe I should jump into producing, which was super scary. But 
the script was so well received and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to make this movie. I had run a soccer tournament. <laughs> I was a soccer mom. And I'm like, well, I feel like, you know, you raise your money for these tournaments and do charity work. I'm like, okay, maybe making a movie isn't that different than running a soccer tournament. And um, that's how I kind of went into production. And then that first film, I got to deal with Warner Brothers. So it was like hugely like, you know, beginner's luck. And then I just sort of kept doing it because there really is a lot of challenges um, for moms, uh, especially in the film business and being, you know, especially at the time I was trying to do both and, you know, raise my kids and make movies because that first film I did while they were at camp in the summer. And so, yeah, I just sort of jumped on that, that place where I, you know, and again, it's, I think it's, probably similar to what um, you do as well as the people in your audience where you find a way and you're like, okay, the traditional doesn't work. I'm going to figure out a way to do it myself and be an entrepreneur. So how similar was it to running a soccer tournament? Cause you just, <laughs> you, you can run soccer tournaments, you can run, you can produce a movie. Well, you know, I just kind of used it as a way to sort of de make it less scary and deconstruct it. And I did on my first film in particular, and I've always done that. I kind of jokingly called them my mommy posse because I found friends that I had that all had, you know, skills and careers. And I'm like, oh, wait, you know what? You're good with that. You could do wardrobe and this is, you know, and you can help me with location scouting because, you know, so, um, you know, I just felt like helping to run this soccer tournament, which became my last film was a film called Bad Parents, which did deal with sports culture. Um, I just like it was you got the sponsors, you had to get the teams. It was just managing a lot of different people. And I just sort of realized, OK, making a movie, you have the script and then, um, you know, you convince people to hopefully invest. And I was really lucky that out of my films that I find people who do believe in me. And then you just hire people and hope for the best. <laughs> So you, you you said that you actually write from things that you personally experienced. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about Pulling to Paradise and your story behind that. So tell yeah. me the idea behind Pulling to Paradise. Yeah. Well, like I said, I had written um, this. The previous project was called The Other F Word, which was all about kind of women turning 50 and kids growing up because I'd done this other these brothers where, you know, kids were little. I'm like, oh, wait, what happens on the other side? And that actually was when I went to a, I went to a blogger conference in Vegas. So that's the first sort of truth. Um, I went to this midlife bloggers conference because I was like, oh, is that story relevant? Are other people going through what I'm going through when my kids got older, which was this whole period of reinvention? And then I so I'd gone to that conference and then I was in L.A. a lot trying to sell it as an episodic project. And while I was there, um, my manager and his friends were all in their 30s and there was a lot of pressure. Oh, give us millennial content. You know, people older, you know, we're, that that place is not desirable. And I happened to have a lot of friends and my daughter was getting older. And the story is actually in, initially inspired by a night out with my Uber driver. He was a Lyft driver, actually. So I was going to dinner with a friend that I had just met who was in her thirties and single. And we were meeting a guy who is kind of the composite character of the Johnny Lipnicki character, who was my manager. And we were in the car with this very hipster, cute um, 
driver and we were chatting about the meaning of life and philosophy and all this other stuff. And I said to him, I go, oh, do you want to join us for dinner? Somebody dropped out. And he's like, sure. So all of a sudden now we're a table of four, one of them being this, basically this driver we had just met. And, you know, we're all engaged in conversation and talking about life. And during dinner, he said, you know, my friend found love in paradise. And then he told us the story, which is loosely the springboard of that one particular journey. And he told us about his friend, how, how he cheated on his girlfriend and he went to Vegas, which is where Paradise, Nevada is to basically win her back. And they were getting married. So I just used that loosely. So I kind of took, oh, wow, that's just a great story of a friend finding love in paradise, metaphorically and realistically. I'm in this sort of random dinner with, because I just met the woman the night before with kind of people I knew and strangers. I had been wanting to write a story about a mommy blogger who kind of is going to a blogger conference and sort of runs away from her life. And I was like, oh, maybe we could put this all together and create the story um, of, you know, which it ultimately becomes of these, this Uber pool that turns into a road trip. And since you set it up so great, I have the trailer. So we're going to play the trailer right now so people can listen and watch it. Listen to your mother. I hate you, Judy! Hey. Tell mommy again, it's a work conference. Well, work involves a paycheck, so just saying. Where are we flying to? Vegas, for a conference, because I'm a blogger. So what do you, what do you like, uh, write about? Motherhood and family, angst. Where are you going? Yeah, you pushed pool, so. No, I didn't. Hi! Kara? Kara, with a K. Where are you going? Vegas. Oh, fun, pool parties? It's a work conference. She's a mommy blogger. I happen to be an Emmy award-winning news journalist, so. I mean, I was. I'm an intuitive. John. Oh my God. Remind me to write a very strong email. You gotta get to paradise. Ah! We're gonna get you to the area of Puerto. What? Oh, shit. Oh, God. Why do you have a gun, man? To kill myself. Can you take me to paradise? If we leave right now, I can still make it there. I shower, I can sheet mask. I will make it there in time for the cocktail party. Well, actually, can I go too? What? I am a fourth wave card-carrying feminist. Oh, 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 my God. I'm taking a mental health day, Dan. For, for what? For my mental health. I'm also a shaman. You mean a shaman? Right. Oh, my dearest God. dawn. That's good. Very civil war. Yes. Mm -hmm. I tried to blow my brains out. What? He did. That's, yeah, I know, but it's a lot. Okay, mommy's going away for the weekend. She's never, ever coming back. Hey. Hi. It was a pool. And we're back chatting with the writer-producer, Katha, about pulling to paradise. And now, I, first of all, I have to give you the first couple of minutes into the film because my daughter, Gracie, and I both watched it because um, we were sent a screener. When it was talking about the mommy blogger and the dad says, work, work involves a paycheck. I'm like, who that's not a blogger has not heard that because that is one thing that every blogger hears. Oh, so you work. Oh, you're a blogger. Well, you really don't work. You don't get a paycheck. So I applaud you for actually showcasing that, hey, you do work. You do put a lot of work in the content. So 
let's let's talk a little bit more about um the actors that you lined up in the show because that's do you have some pretty amazing actors in there yeah no thanks we were just very fortunate because you know i um you you know usually when you cast a movie you don't need everybody at the exact same time so we were very lucky um lynn chen who plays the mommy blogger um is a very successful independent uh film actress as well as um does a bunch of tv and you know jonathan lifnicki uh who was the kid and jerry Maguire, and Stuart little who's also doing a lot of other work jordan carlos who plays the um the driver is a comedian i know from new york and he does a lot of you know he's done a lot of comedy and comedy and tv and movies and then dreama walker who people may know from beware the bee and Apartment 23 and Gossip Girl. So, yeah, you know, it's just, you um, you know, I, I seem to get lucky that people connect with my characters because it's, you know, it's hard because all my movies are, you know, independently financed and are on the tightest of budgets. So, yeah, no, it's, and then Taryn Manning, actually, as we see at the end, she's from The Orange is the New Black. She's a cameo. So, because, um, you know, we, it's the big surprise who's done. <laughs> Yeah, um, Taryn Manning, I know her as Steve McGarrett's sister on Hawaii Five-0. That's how oh, I recognize her immediately. <laughs> yeah, she's been in a lot of movies and she's really just a very good person, like nice to work with and very gracious. So let's talk about, okay, you wrote the you wrote Pulling to Paradise. Now you're going into trying to fund the production. Talk about all the stages of going through, trying to get it funded producing it um and finding the actors and finally giving it up and yeah i mean it's all its own journey <laughs> and like i said it's it's a bumpy journey i mean you know putting the deals together it's just reaching out to people finding resources you know i had a track record so that's just putting deals together um and you know we uh fortunately we're able to shoot it right before the pandemic but it was you know trying to figure out and and usually all my films i'm based in new york and well i think it says that i'm based in new york i used to live in suburbia even though i'm in the city now and um it was an la story so shooting in la was had its own challenges because it wasn't really my backyard um so it was it was a lot harder than i imagined to kind of put that together um and shooting a road movie which i'd never done anything like that so i was like oh that was a lot harder than i realized so every film is its own set of challenges and you're always surprised that you actually pull it off and you know then i had a sales agent and we had a couple of offers and uh yeah now it's it's out i mean it was the pandemic doing finishing a film and starting to build the buzz during a pandemic had its challenges because we didn't really get to do a lot of advanced screenings and, you know, really just build um, a following. So it's really great that to give me this opportunity to talk to you and your, your audience. So what made you decide to do it on video on demand? Well, it wasn't like up to me. That's just kind of how the marketplace is. <laughs> That's on the sales, the sales side and the way it works now. I mean, Hopefully, if we do well through, um, you know, Amazon, it's also on Vudu for people who don't have Prime, which is, I think, Fandango's. You just you just go on it, and then, like I said, they got a big off order from Walmart for DVDs for the people who still do DVDs. Um, and anyway, but the point is, it's um, you know, it's the 
subscriber Hulu's and HBO's are sort of come after. So this is where things start in what they call transactional space. And it, you know, it's hard. Independent film is challenging. So you're happy that you can get a deal and happy that it can um, find an audience. And you know, there's there's a lot that's not that's out of my control basically as a filmmaker. You mentioned in the very beginning that your first movie got picked up by Warner Brothers. Yeah. How different is it, is it from working with a big studio to being an independent filmmaker? Well, that was still, they picked it up as an independent film and it was a division. It was their video on demand. Um, and um, so it was, it was similar. I mean, this is just a different distributor, but they, I mean, they were big and on that film, because I cast Vanessa Williams, I had Eartha Kitt and Ben Vereen. And, um, you know, I did sort of colorblind casting, but since the cast was predominantly black, they had a division and they were really looking for those kinds of films. It's a romantic comedy. Um, so I got sort of lucky in that space and it did very well. It was on television, you know, on like Lifetime and all those networks. So yeah, they're just, you want, as a filmmaker, you try to get the biggest distributor um, you can at the time. and. Like I said, it's up to the sales agent to get you the best deal. I know this has to be pretty stressful. Right now I'm focusing on self-care. So how do you take care of yourself and de-stress? Because trying to find funding for a project has to be stressful. Yeah, it's all stressful. Everything about it, because it's finding it and then hoping to pay people back. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm running. <laughs> like that's my, I mean, that was my kind of pandemic calm was to, because I could go out and run. So yeah, I think physical activity, I've been playing in a lot of softball leagues and I've been doing, you know, I've been kind of blogging. I find that if I get lost in, and that, you know, because this is a fiction story and it has different expectations and writing a movie script is very different, but I have, I created a medium channel page and, um, have been, you know, that, cause as you know, like you get into a little story and especially when it's personal, there's vulnerability there, but you also sort of get lost in that. And that does calm me down. I'm kind of that person that the adrenaline of running calms me down and the adrenaline of storytelling calms me down. I'd like to say meditation, but that doesn't really work for me. <laughs> right there with you. I think the first time I've ever really had a meditation work for me was when I had someone else come on and they did a meditation and I was deep into it. But other yeah. than that, no, it hasn't worked because I can't calm my mind. And I think you're the same way. Yeah. Well, that's very true. Although I did my friend that does hypnosis, which is kind of a funny story that a friend of mine in Boston was trying to find this best way to calm himself and he discovered hypnosis and i was like i want you to hypnotize me so it was kind of weird that i i mean it's just a deep form of meditation it's not like you know the, that thing mm -hmm. and so it was funny because it was like okay you're going to hypnotize me i got fully relaxed because i had all those you know that those words that calm you down like in a yoga class and then after we went out dancing so i'm like i'm not quite sure <laughs> a whole group of us were dancing, which is also how I enjoy relaxing myself is like a lot of dancing. Well, there you go. So what character in the movie Pulling to Paradise is, are you most like? Well, I would guess say I am the mother. I would, you know, I feel like that was um, very much me of that angst of dealing with, which is what, you know, is how we identify that we want to be a good mother and therefore our kids, but also maintain our voice. And 
especially I thought for younger parents, because each generation deals with the balance of work life balance. And I feel like, oh, you know, it, it just evolves. And I really was looking at fourth wave feminism. So I wanted to have, which I think a minute, like this woman that has chosen to be a stay at home mom to raise her kids, but also is grappling with wanting to make some money, obviously to provide as well as, you know, having some way to, to self-identify and how hard that is. And I was, you know, and that's where it was this sort of full circle where it was like, oh, I was this very successful news journalist and now I'm just a mommy blogger and she's having, you know, she's hearing her husband and also feeling that as well. Like, am I writing anything that matters? And then I think she comes full circle and realize is that, you know, you can't judge the stories you tell and that it does matter. And that was what was important to me on her her journey. I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think most, most mommy bloggers say that, are they writing something important that really matters? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I personally have struggled with that. So thank you for actually bringing that out and showcasing that everybody struggles with this. Yeah. And, um, and that's, I have to say coming out, I went to this um, <laughs> weird, like this, there's a term called liminality, which I don't know if you've heard it. I just had learned it. And I went to this VR, a virtual reality liminality thing. I'm like, what is it? And it's kind of that in-between space. And to use sort of like a butterfly where you're a caterpillar and then you're the butterfly and you in the cocoon, it's that liminal space. And it's kind of a space of transition. And it's sometimes it's transition that's forced upon us, you know, that can be the pandemic and but the liminal thing is that sort of letting go to it and i feel like that's a little bit what subconsciously was going on in my film is that when you're kind of in this anxiety space of transition like oh my gosh you know i'm in i'm i'm a mom and i'm not this and i'm not that and then it's kind of this letting go to it is i think where the where the freedom comes so that was kind of what I would use. And I feel like we've just all been on that through this pandemic of this time of, of being sort of stuck. And now we're at the other coming out of this other side of, you know, where, where, where are we? And, you know, what I do love about the mommy blogger is that she, she, at the very beginning, she's like very closed off mm -hmm. to people. Like she was like very like tight knit and then tight fisted. And then at the end she's, She's really open and honest and flowing. And so did you have a journey as well like that? Well, yeah, I, I have, and I've always been a pretty open person. And I do think that's the thing as we mature as writers and as people, um, our best writing comes from, from our soul and being and vulnerability and that's that whole you know Brené Brown too and, and so I wanted her to be and all these characters they're they're living in this sort of fear space with these masks on you know and then through this journey that they go on they're able like I feel like they're like this and then they're like opening up and that's where I do feel like for her she's not done her best work because of this sort of 
fear of being something she's no longer or is not or doesn't feel worthy. And then I think through that vulnerability is how we all become stronger people and better people. I totally agree. And I think all your characters have that vulnerability and to be able to open up to strangers, it's, it's amazing. It's okay. It's okay for people not to be okay. And I think you bring that across strongly in the movie. Well, thank you for seeing that, you know, because, you know, it's, it takes time sometimes, you know, people sort of go into a movie and they're just watching it as opposed to really processing it. And I will, I will say, you know, my 19 year old daughter says, I love this movie, mama. Can we watch it again? Cause I was like, let's sit down and watch it. And she's like, okay, you know how it goes. You know, your kids are like, okay, mom, let's sit down yeah. and watch the movie together. And then she was like, at the end, she's like, that was pretty good. Let's watch it again. I'm like, okay. Well, that's awesome. Well, as you know, when you get these distribution deals and all of them, there's not a lot of marketing money. And as you know, that too. So, you know, you're having me here spreading the word is really how we, you know, because once you let it, it, it is, it's just, you want somebody, oh, if you had a positive experience, that's what we're looking for from art. So how different was it from making this movie as opposed, because it's during the pandemic and COVID yeah. and as opposed to your other movies that you've made? Well, that's the thing is like the other film, well, one that was different because I had local people. So we were sort of, you know, in it together physically and this was most of the people were in LA and so you know we kind of had lost complete contact and it and it was it was hard not to do like the road show and um and also doing post-production um luckily we were in a good place and a lot of it could be done virtually but um you know I think you know it, it made for challenges uh, I do think that was different but every every movie is never what you think it's going to be <laughs> and becomes its own experience. And, and also with how, um, you know, times change with art, you know, because there's, like I said, there's, there's no more movie theaters right now, really. And whether it'll come back ever the way it was and, you know, we're getting content. There's now new platforms as well as new ways to get stories and content. So, um, you know, we're all, constantly having to evolve <laughs> you just mentioned you said every movie is different from the start to to the ending so how was this one different how did you think it was going to come out and how did it actually come out for you um well well you know like it was it's i mean it's really i i can't i mean i don't really have something super specific on that i just think you know when it's just that's how every art is and there's always struggles and conflict and things because you know it is very much like childbirth you've got this big thing that comes out of you from a very small place and you're like this hurts <laughs> so yeah it's um you know i don't really have something to specifically say other than it was um challenging because everything has been in my backyard and to do this one thing and making films in la is a is a lot harder like because like if i can't if you were to make a movie where you are like people would your whole community would get behind you and help you and you get things but la because everybody's making movies you don't really get 
as much passion as you do in other places. Cause I would, you know, in New Jersey, people are like, Oh yeah, you could shoot my house. And Oh yeah. My restaurant, this is when we're, you know, people are, mm -hmm. so it's just a little bit harder in LA that way because everybody's like, yeah, yeah, you're making movies. <laughs> so. so besides shooting in LA, what else was the, one of the biggest struggles with this movie? Oh, um, you know, just, I, I don't really, you know, I don't, you know, it's just, I can't think of anything specific. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything specific. Now let's go into casting. Um, yeah. Particular, did you have people in mind that you wanted immediately for this or did you just like held up? No, you go, yeah. I mean, sadly, I mean, you don't really have that luxury in independent film unless you know somebody. Um, so you have ideals and your casting director comes up with ideas that meet what you're looking for. So it really isn't quite as romantic as that, unless it's your friend that, you know, like, cause with the other F word with season two, I was writing for specific actors and I had certain people that I knew were around that I could hopefully get that I had worked with before. Um, but yeah, no, it just, it fell into place and it was amazing because they had great chemistry. They had really amazing chemistry and the director really did a good job of getting everybody together and having fun. Now, casting for an independent film, do you just send out the script and say, I hope you like it? Or is there more? Well, you have a cast. So Jordan Carlos was somebody I knew personally, so I gave him the script. Uh, but a casting director, the process is you bring on, usually you bring on a casting director relatively early in the process. And, you know, they know, they read the script and they come up with lists. They go, okay, here's who we think for these characters. And you go, well, no, I don't like that idea, but what about this? So you kind of create these lists together and then you go out and you make offers to the actors through their agents and then they get the script and, you know, that's kind of, the process and you know with this and a lot of times there's that direct way plus you use the back door where like my um uh, people on my producing staff had access to some of the actors so we could kind of go to them directly and get them excited so i also um, love how culturally diverse your actors were yeah see you see more now mainstream media is trying to be culturally diverse was that a something that you thought about when you were casting yeah. it or did you just go oh, it was it was very important to me and so like i said most of my stories have diverse casts which is just part of my storytelling because again i'm in in the northeast especially in new york and living in la these are very diverse um places you know so i feel like it needed to be very and you know, represent the community that I believe these characters lived in. And I, like I said, on the other F word, they, you know, the mom started in suburbia and it looks a certain way. And then when she moves to the city, that looked a different way. So I really like to have my, my um, casting diversity be authentic to, um, to just have some authenticity. So it's not like checking the box. This is what we need. And, so it was important and there wasn't a, a scene that didn't quite make it into the final film, but I did want 
the mommy blogger. Um, I did want her to be an Asian American mother and my director was too, because I, I really wanted to look at, like, again, this is a woman grappling with her identity. And then I thought, you know, especially, which is, I wrote this before the pandemic and before there was a lot more of this, you know, Asian, uh, you know, hate that's mm -hmm. been brought about. But I thought, oh, here's somebody who's married to a white guy, kind of living in a white world. And I, and my friend who had gone out to dinner had told me that because she was Chinese American, grew up in Long Beach. She goes, oh, I grew up, the, the person, part of the composite of that character. She's like, yeah, I grew up in a very, you know, white suburb of Long Island. And it wasn't until I came home that I was with my family that I felt like I had a different culture. So mm -hmm. I thought here's, she's grappling with being a mother as well, you know, just fitting in in all these worlds. So I just thought it added another layer. And same thing with the driver, you know, he's Afro-Latino and I just thought, oh, that's, he's of a, dealing with another generation of, um, of being an American. And so that's what I thought of, of like, again, it's subtle and it, sometimes there's things in a script that don't make it into the movie. So I wanted to have like first generation, second generation, third generation um, Americans in this car. Cause I do think that really does represent that generation. And so that's, that was in my storytelling. And again, some of it didn't quite play because it's a very talky play. Didn't quite ultimately make it in, but th that was a little bit more explored. Um, and, you know, to the story and, and the driver does talk about that, you know, like, I think he's very much, they all feel very much people and especially Los Angeles, like they are all Los Angeles people. And it's just, but then they have this layer of their backstory. I think the reason why I picked up on that is because if you saw in the opening credits, we are a culturally diverse family. My husband's a native of Mexico. My girls are first generation Mexican Americans. And yeah. My oldest daughter is married to an Asian American, so yeah. Japanese and American. So <laughs> go figure. Well, yeah. And that's what I think was important to show with. And again, I didn't want to make it what it was about, but I also didn't want to. I, it, I wanted to be the way it is in real life, part of the story where it's not part of the story until it is a part of the story. Mm -hmm. And um that's what I think Jenny is, you know, is dealing with on looking at who she is. And yeah, it is. Our world is, you know, I think, you know, on most days it works <laughs> for people to have diversity in their lives. Yeah. And I always say my thing is what you would relate to. I, I think I would say, OK, you can have a box of crayons and you can have the primary colors and you could color a really great picture with your primary box of whatever it is, eight crayons. I said, or you could have that big box of whatever it is, 144, and I much rather color with the big box. And that's how I feel like my personal life has a very, I have a lot, a very diverse landscape of friends of all ages and backgrounds and, you know, sexual preferences and i'm like no i that's just important to me in in you know how i like to live speaking of backgrounds your name is so unusual so tell us a little bit about your background yeah well i mean it has nothing to do with my background <laughs> i mean my background i i'm you know a jewish 
cultural descent, uh, but my parents, when um, they were skiing, my mom was Carol and everybody was Carol when she was growing up and they heard the name Katha and they thought it was so pretty, but it's really, it's a Germanic name. It's spelled K-A-E-T-H-E, uh, Keta. And so they were like, my mom was Carol, my dad was Chester. So they're like, oh, let's spell it with the C. So that is the story of Katha. <laughs> I love that. My middle daughter's nickname is Keta because her name's Michaela and we call her oh. Keta. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there you go. So yeah, it's, there's not a lot of it other than my parents thought, oh, that's an, an, an which is more of our generation and older, but it was back then they're like, okay, then that's, that's a cute name. Let's, let's name our daughter that. <laughs> I love that. So what is up next for you? What is up next? That's yeah, that's the question. Um, like I said, I've been doing blogging um, right now and I'm working on a new story that may be a play. I mean, because there is a regeneration. It, these things take a lot out and it is a big ambitious, but I am doing, um, you know, a new story that I'm that I'm not ready to really talk about, but I'm, you know, might do it as a stage play because uh, I do think, um, you know, it's it may be more suited as a play. Because this, I imagine, was kind of a hybrid of a play movie. And my last film that I was referencing called Bad Parents, which is about a U8 girls soccer team. And that's how I kind of got into the blogger space because I was writing about, um, you know, suburban parents who get totally caught up in their kid's soccer team. And I met these bloggers. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, and that was just when blogging was starting. And um, so anyway, so yeah, uh, that was a play that became a movie. I love that. So where can people find out more about the movie? So like I said, as you said, it's, I have a website, poolingtoparadise.com, which has all the links. It's like I said, it's on Amazon right now and um, DirecTV uh, and Walmart. And yeah, I mean, I think Amazon Prime is the easiest place to find it. But like I said, I find Vudu for people who don't have Prime is a very easy. It's another great service. And I don't know about DirecTV and Comcast uh, has it on demand right now. And you can also pick up the video at Walmart. Yes. Uh, it's 4,000 of them. So hopefully at the one near you. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then like, if like, again, as we all say, you know, sharing is caring. If people like it, if they could just talk about it via social media or let their friends know. And cause it's a short, it's a fast movie. <laughs> it is a fast movie. And I think there's something in each one of the characters that somebody can identify with at least one thing or another. Yeah, well, that was fun because my daughter's friend, we did a little screening with my daughter and her friends this summer. And this guy was like about the Johnny Olympic character. He's like, oh, my God, that guy's a little too close to home for me. <laughs> well, at least, you know, you're hitting your audience then. Yeah, because yeah, he's about that age. He's a 32 year old guy. <laughs> he was like, oh, I connect too much with that character. <laughs> I love that. So, guys, Pulling to Paradise is on video on demand on albumwalmart.com. And, um, Katha, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about the movie and allowing me to pre-screen it as well. Well, thank you, Melissa. And thank your daughter, too. I mean, you know, this is I really appreciate the time and being part of your cabin. <laughs> 
So guys, I will put- Do you really have a cabin though? Do you really have a cabin? Yes, if you look right now, you see the background, that yeah. is the front of, that. that's where I'm in right now. Very cool, very cool. So, and thank you. And I will certainly uh, do the same when, when we're live, uh, share it with my people and get them to subscribe to whatever you need. All right. Thank your you. audience. Thank you so much. And guys, I will put on all the show notes, everything where you can find the movie, where you can find more about the movie and as well as to rent and buy it. And as always remember, keep chatting and most importantly, be blessed. Bye guys. <laughs> Chats from the blog cabin. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode.